This summer, four guys who enjoy looking at horses and punting on horses band together to give you mail on horses. Live from their kitchens around Australia, Drew Patchell. Anthonis. Never tape over one of your sex tapes. No matter how tired of it you think you may be, 20 years from now, you're going to want to revisit it. Rob Scurry. Your best player thinks he's a pirate. And Jack Dickens. Stop. My penis can only get so erect. This is The Mailbag. But haven't they done well? Welcome to the mailbag. My name is Drew. I'm joined by the three amigos, Pete, Rob, and Dicko. Boys, how's it going? I'm going to start with Dicko. How you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Um, tired, confused, but surviving. Um, so the usual. Profitable weekend from the yard. The I'm not going to say the word, but it's getting close to. It's getting close to a bit of a. It's very difficult. I'm not getting a lot of luck with the movers. I think I'm back on the right horses. I feel like I probably never bet better, to be honest. Yeah, I guess but, that's the but thing I'm with variance, isn't it? I just got done by a Richard Lamming horse today, which was soft as in the market. This is a bloke that travels horses to the Sapphire Coast for some reason, and they all run well above the expectation, but they're all back to do so. So at sale, when he's got a soft horse in the market, you think you're sweet, you know what I mean? We beat every other horse by 5'8" five or eight lengths and I got done again. Like just turned the Super Bowl back on and just tried to enjoy that. But I, it's hard because I didn't understand anything. <laughs> yeah, Mickey Walker rode a great the winner. He was he rode the first winner, which is on a roll. Yeah, which is know. again, which is pretty stiff to find yeah. you could get that by a good ride. Yeah. He's suited to that ride though, the in behind suck ride. Just following the brave. speed. Sorry. Yeah. Moving on to Mr. Rob Scurry. How's it going up in Sydney? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, you know, lovely summer weather. You know, good day Good day at Rose Hill. Found a few winners. Didn't bet very well, you know, tailor my um, punting life. But um, certainly <laughs> uh, had, um, you know, vindication with Elisa. I think you can say he's the second best horse behind Winks in Australia. You know, talk about Red Zeal, he might be over the hill. But Elisa is the number one, you know, exciting racehorse. What she did over twelve hundred was nothing short of sensational. I think you'd be the biggest fan she's had. I've I've listened to a lot of people on Twitter and watched a lot of racing stuff. You you'd be her number one ticket holder for the longest time. Yep. I think that I think that if Godolphin was serious about you know caring about the game, that they'd look <laughs> after people like people like you and Drew because Drew's been Team Blue his whole entire adult life and. You're a massive Elise fan. It'd be good if they sort of <laughs> indulged the punters. You know what I'm trying to say? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, look, uh, I, I've I've told you the story about Elise. I had her going in a double in the um, I might not have told you the story in in the Queen of the Turf, and I knew she was a nervous parader, and she's just been melting down like previous starts. But just you know, she won a couple early. But anyway, I I, I sent a message to Dominic Byrne saying, Elise, get her in late to the yard. Because uh, she she doesn't she doesn't parade well she's just not a good parader I think she'll do a really good 
Anyway, Dom got back to me and said, no, we can't, we can't do that. But thanks for the advice. Really appreciate it, which I thought was great. You know, it just, I was total random to him on Twitter. Anyway, she, um, she came into the yard late that day with the clock. Oh. Went, straight, went straight out <laughs> of the course. Didn't even, didn't even do two laps. Yeah, we can't and do that. They said, hang on, mate. Do I not understand you're allowed to do anything you actually want in racing, especially if you're oh. from Godolphin. The bigger well, your yeah. stable, the less, the less the rules apply, except, except if your name's Darren Darren Wood. Uh, oh, what are you nice what are you cracking there, mate? I uh, just held myself to a little mountain goat uh, summer ale. Oh, back on the and, summer ales, I love it. Yeah, a little bit of a softer, smoother number for a little late night chat to the boys. Yeah, makes sense. And Petey, over in the west, how we doing, mate? You just finishing up dinner over there, I imagine. Oh, just scoffing down some enjoyable salmon fillets, and uh, and also a few fish as well. What's the so, name? A gentleman, uh, a gentleman never divulges such delicate matters. You do, just on podcast. Yeah, just not podcast form. Please. You have a good weekend over there with the uh, Pikey uh, pilgrimage, right? Yeah, look, it was it, it was interesting. I was more than happy to death ride Pike as I usually am, especially when he's on a favourite, but. This was all new levels of death riding, just not wanting to hear 40 grown men cheering for a four foot two guy with uh, short hair and, you know, wearing pajamas. But what was Walshy over there? <laughs> they said grown men. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Look, it, halflings. It, 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 was, it was funny. I hope they did some good promotions for WA Racing. Um, while they were over here, because it was two pretty standard meets, but hopefully they got a bit out of it, and I wouldn't mind seeing something like that happen again. I mean, it sounds like they went and had a lunch with him, and Pikey gave a lot of his time, which was great, and he seemed to really enjoy it. I had a quick chat to him at Bunbury yesterday, and he, yeah, he really enjoyed the the camaraderie with the group, and I don't know, it could be the start of something, but uh, look, it was, would they it was have, fun. Would they have won or lost money, Pete, if they backed every one of his rides? Oh, they would have lost, clearly. So Pikey okay. rode the first two winners at Ascot on Saturday, probably what a... Oh, no. Three dollars shot just... and a dollar, oh, dollar eighty shot. Didn't ride another winner on the card, and then he's rode the first winner at Bunbury and the last winner. So four out of 16 races, they surely couldn't have finished in front. Good. Oh, they're not good, but... <laughs> Well, it's a good lesson to learn. It's a good to lesson to learn there. You can you can love a jockey or love a horse. Doesn't always mean it's a good bet. But you know what, Dicko? If they got in the mounting yard mail, they would have won. We had a good day at Ascot. What about Scurry, little little viper? Just uh, <laughs> handing over the handing over the betting reins and straight away we struck a big blow. It's like the week before at the wedding, mate. I I was I I had to. To, to dump you on Caulfield that day because uh, I missed the what winner are, on Friday Friday night. I think so we should elaborate what like, we've meant. I, I'm not saying that Rob's betting. I'm saying that Rob doesn't... Rob handed over his financial deposits on Ascot races to Peter to be responsible for so that Rob could continue to have a happily happy marriage yeah. and not spend the entirety of Saturday night betting like he has spent the entirety of the Saturday. So... <laughs> But exactly that seems right. to be a bit of a lucky charm for the boys because when Rob stops and hands over to Pete to put the bunny on, we seem to get the results. Happy wife, happy life, boys. Am I right? Oh, something like that. No wife, happy life for me. But, you know, 
We'll see how it goes. Tipping out big time at the moment, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> Good bet. Uh, so let's just get into a few things. Um, I want to start with the, the viewer question because it's an interesting horse that I think a few, all three of you can probably comment on. Brian's asking, thoughts on commentary first up at 1,400 metres. I'm pretty sure this isn't your on the weekend. I thought they figured out the horse was a sprinter. Dicko, I want to start with you. Kementari. Is it a cat? Is it a is it a leg No, no, no. Kementari is a horse that's been slaughtered. Like Kementari is a horse that could have won that Group One at Mooney Valley if if a more positive jockey rode it that night. It, it probably I think it had the best like eight, six, and four of the night that day. Did it? Yeah, it was pretty close to. It was huge. Oh, but it was snicked and just slaughtered by uh, Schofield. Kamatari is a horse that has so much talent that it gets put into really good races all the time, and they often go to like Mooney Valley or then down the Flemington Strait or around Caulfield. They're all unique tracks with like it brings a lot of horses undone just that just the, the the turning of it, but it also brings Glen Schofield undone. That bloke comes down and rides Mooney Valley once a once a year, four times a year. It's not easy to do. If I own Kamatari, I'd have the same jockey riding all the time, and I'm, there'd be a line of five to get on him. Don't you think, Rob? Yeah. Uh, look, I think it's obviously a high-class horse, and it hasn't been, you know, I think 12, 1400s probably its go. Um, but, you know, in saying that, you know, I don't want to bring up the Caulfield Guineas, which it, you know, just yeah, got beaten by the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Oh, it's I was implying the Caulfield Guineas, but I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, that's Glen Schofield's worst fucking riding that horse. And it's most expensive. Actually, no. The Mini Valley no, one was probably as expensive for no, us. No, no, no. Caulfield Guineas is a sire making race. That, that's. that's no, great. for us, I don't even care about the sheik. He's got enough problems. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I expect it to go very well at Caulfield first up and probably one of the favourites. I think the only horse that could beat her over 1400. Uh, you know, I'm going to bring up the other good off and Queen Elise. You know, I think they're, they're both high class. Elise's better, but. I think you'll win on the weekend with even luck against anything. Class, Petey, class. any comment? Um, look, I've only seen Kevin Terry the one time. That was at Mooney Valley in the Manicato, and by God, it was like it was the greatest sneak of all time. Uh, we saw it. We saw Pete. Didn't we see when John Snow ran third to Grunt at Flemington in the Macquarie Diva? Uh, we saw him. No, I th- I'm pretty sure this is uh, the only time I've seen Mr. Manicato. I could be stand to be corrected. I mean, all those blue colour horses look the same after a while, especially when they're by Lonro. But um, look, that race on Saturday coming up, the CF4 is going to be pretty red hot. So 1,400 first up. If he's as good as what they think he is, he'll be running first three. I like it. I like it. Well, thanks for that, boys. And now let's move on to the topic of the moment. Darren Weir. At the moment, I still have not seen any information. They're still locked up in a room trying to decide what they do in the show show cause. Dicko, what's changed over the weekend for you? What What are your thoughts on this still? So you've had your bit of your rant against Just, t- just tell Pete what the time is now so that I don't get in trouble. Yeah, it's 9, 9.39. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um... I think it's like so. I don't know. I don't know what I think to be honest. Actually, uh, it's it's incredibly difficult to to bet with confidence at any race with a horse he's touched in. 
Um, I'm very, very glad that they addressed it because for many of us, like we've talked repeatedly that there was obviously something, uh, it looked like there might be something going on because either, like I always say to you, like either that guy can't completely can't train and Darren Weir's a god or he's got a little bit of an extra edge. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy to have won so far the two nights I bet for the many I've mailed for the for the subscribers, but we've only like just got just got the wins and the turnovers down. Um, it's it's really difficult. Like this next week, like that four hundred meter race, there'll be two or three really smart wheel horses in the race, no doubt. Nice watch. Yeah, and so so then if I just pen them, like just scratching his horses last week is this is probably the best thing to say. What, what they did last week was incredibly, I thought, just poorly conceived. To, to scratch all these horses at 5.30 just shows they don't understand wagering because we've all spent two days mapping the races and building markets and et cetera, et cetera. All that all changes. We've bet into markets. Now we're copying sickening deductions. That Some of the deductions that I copped over the weekend were a disgrace. But next weekend will be like that times 10 when his horses are now running for new stables with new stables doing the, the race tactics with new jockeys, maybe it's it's just going to be com- completely confusing, and I'll be fascinated by turnover numbers. And I will be trying my best to not bet too heavily, if at all, into any races where I think his horses could win. I'm just going to. I'm thinking at the moment. I'm just going to have a philosophy of like, what would I regret more? So I'd regret to like launch a Kementari because I I love that horse every time it parades, and then. Whatever one of his uh, extra brutifs in the race, I haven't looked that far ahead. If it won, I'd fucking, I'd spew. Yeah, I'll, I'll just quickly add into this. So Nature Strip's going to go around favourite on the weekend, and that's one where you just go, it may just be good enough, but it's a tainted race right now. You're not sure what to make of it. So it's incredibly hard to bet. I'm kind of feeling at the moment a bit of, I guess, relief for some trainers. Like Edward O'Rourke is a prime example who had ring-a-ding-ding, right? And, it, you know, he couldn't get it to place in a Group 3 race. And then yeah. suddenly it comes out and just wins a Group 2 for Weir. Like, he turns it around and just gets it absolutely flying and doing incredible stuff. Now, all this information is still alleged, but he's just able to improve them so much. It, it's making the trainers that these horses have come off lose business, is is my thought on it. That's why a trainer can get up to 700 horses. And it yeah, wasn't it's good, good for the for industry. business. I think stables shouldn't be allowed to be that big, although that's like against like just the free market and all that stuff. Like Walsh, would like start yelling at me right now if I said that if he was here. But how else can they maintain integrity? I, I think what you're saying though is kind of like with an AFL club, you have a maximum of 50 players that can be on a list, and then at any one time you've still got you know like 25, yeah. 26 who are in the team. So you got your reserves still there, but it's it's a good number. You got to find a number that is, you know, not too big for the industry. Yeah, not too big because for the it'll industry. end up being like Hong Kong, like Australian racing is about like everyone can have a go and the, the country side of it and. If it can't be uh, uh, sorted out and it consistently has problems, it'll end up being like you can only train horses at Mooney Valley and Rose Hill or like in Melbourne, Mooney Valley and Caulfield sort of thing. So they can be governed. Yeah. And it'll be ended of everything when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, I, I think the only salute, I don't want any of his horses scratched. I understand the, the, 
um, that's not fair. But also very well aware, which Noah sort of says, which I'm happy to say, that is if, if a lot of people who owned horses and raced horses with him were slightly suspicious, I'll, I'll give it all away. It wouldn't have been a complete and utter shock. But I think that the industry, he needs, they need to get him to sort of talk and give a bit more detail about what sort of stuff was done to these horses so that we can therefore try and bet into the races that they're in. Yeah, All there's no chance it happens, so. There's no chance because legally he can't implicate himself in that regard. So, like, yeah, he, so he, he turnover, turnover will drop off for a while, I'd say. Uh, Rob, what's your thoughts on the whole matter? Oh, mate, you know, I'm, it's another integrity issue for racing to deal with. It's another, you know, shit story that I got to, you know, face up to my non-punting friends about. And, oh, you know, here racing's in the New Zealand's of bad news. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, well, Darren, we're kind of glad it happened. You know, ring a ding ding, a perfect example. Um, just too good. Obviously, had an edge. We and move Petey? on. Uh, look, probably for me. You guys would know. I don't have that much interest in Victorian racing in general. You know, for me, it's just about the winning and punting is all I, I care about. You know, the actual, the actual carnival itself means nothing to me. It could be a standard Saturday. It could be feature race day. It doesn't matter as long as we're, we're punting and finding an edge, which we've been doing for a while now. Um, for, from a WA point of view, though, a lot of our horses he, that were doing he, well... Yeah, he, he, yeah, sorry. No, they were I mean, basically they were coming over and they were being trained primarily by Weir. And so now we've got a situation where you've got horses like Whispering Brook's going to come back to Simon Miller after she's finished her campaign. I believe that's the idea. Um, Tradesman is now back in WA. Um, there's a few other horses there. Material Man's going over. I think he was meant to be stationed at one of Weir's stables for this week. So that's throwing their plans up in the air a, a little bit. And then... Bob you actually Hades. had a question about, about Material Man, mate. It just came through. What do you think about his chances on Saturday? I think he's got he's, he's a live chance, and he's, he's he'll be underneath the radar purely because he's from WA. But his last run, he ran second to Arcadia Queen in the Group 1 over here, and Arcadia Queen is arguably the best three-year-old in the country based on what she's done. She's basically just obliterated Group 1 fields over here. So, look, I think Material Man, he'll want to... Want probably an inside gate so he can settle in the first four or five. I believe Lucy Warwick's flying over to ride him. Um, that's, oh, Jesus. That's probably the concern, but he's a brave horse. He's a real brave horse, and if they, they run to suit tempo-wise and he settles in the first four or five, he'll be right there in the first four or five at the end, but it's all going to be tempo for him. The one thing, the weird thing's definitely done for me is, you know that sort of attitude of it's too good to be true? It's sort of sort of cements that for me like there's no trainer jockey who's that much better than everyone else Lance Armstrong yeah it'll, it'll start to happen in Perth with those silks that always win you know Chris Waller in Sydney it'll get more and more oxygen that you can't be that much better how's that happening and I it just it's 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 scary at the same time though Dico like one of my mates who who is a you know, he's a racing fan. He's not a huge punter. He basically sent me a message saying, how good is Darren Weir's facilities? Can you imagine if our trainer in WA had those sort of facilities at his disposal? And, and just hearing the numbers of people that he employed to keep that machine running at all times. Like, he, he obviously had a bloody good system up and running, regardless of yeah. whether he had a, a, an ulterior 
uh, unfair advantage. He's obviously planned out his strategy to such a good extent and he's utilising every single weapon at his disposal, training-wise, physical-wise. You're a former footy player, you'd know it. Like, you've got to have all these different abilities to get your body up and running for the next big week, you know, when you're in final series. So Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he's definitely on a high, high-quality horseman, but it's, it's, if what's alleged is true... His edge, the reason he's been successful is because he's done things that, aren't, that no one else, not many others are doing. You know, it's like, questionable how many others are doing it as well, which is the interesting part where the trainers are saying that it doesn't happen widespread at the moment. But, jeez, it, it's, you just don't that's know. That's what does why not, Andrew? It's like the questions. Like, so what, Jared McLean and, and Darren, we were the only two at the stable that knew anything about this. Well, the interesting thing is, from what I'm hearing, Jared McLean's going to get off from this because he's... He had his, uh, the, the instrument, the jigger that was found was at his property, which he has cattle on. So by all means, being a farmer, you're more than allowed to have a, have a jigger on, on it because you, it, it is a instrument that is used on cattle. So that's without hearing anything tonight. That's what I'm hearing is he's most likely not going to be charged in the show cause. What a world we live in, eh? It's okay to like jigger. You can jigger cow, just don't dare jigger horse. Well, that, that's my question that I just want to ask you guys. How much has perception changed? Like, if this was 10 years ago in racing, it would it would be a minor thing, wouldn't it? Like, this, and this is just, I think, the world we're now living in, that we've now become more considerate of animals. <laughs> yeah, but I think this is like part of the argument I was having with Walshy, and we are arguing, so the point sort of probably got lost. I don't care, like, about... People who don't punt being outraged by <laughs> horse racing because they're still just not going to punt. All they want is to death ride the sport. Yeah. I think that long-term people who do punt surely have a little bit more confidence, and I hope that the stewards discover this by themselves, unlike the Smurden thing, so you've got more confidence in the way they're doing it. it. It's a good thing for people who are planning on wagering on horse racing over long-term, like, like the four of us. At the same time, the, the, the conspiracist in me thinks, well, how come they don't catch anyone in other places? But that's just me. Uh, Rob? Oh, look, you know, there's, there's always been, you know, over the years, a, a dominant trainer who's had an edge. It turns out to be, you know, probably rorting. You know, they say Percy Sykes, the guy who's got the best bet wins or the best synthetics. And, you know, it's, it's great that, you know, this downwind is going, um, because, you know, I, I think he, he was cheating. If the horse is improved, it just doesn't, you know, it's like, it doesn't make sense to me that he's that much better than everyone else. And it's, it's, it's good that he's not too big to fail. And oh, Pete, right, let's get, let's move on from it. Uh, fair enough. Pete, nothing to say on that one quickly? Yeah, I don't, I don't really care. You guys know what I think about Eastern Staters overall. <laughs> all going to get stuck. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Well, let's just get straight into it. So let's just touch on, we'll touch on Vic to start with, then Sydney, then Perth. So, Dicko, I want you to lead me in terms of the races you want to touch on overall, and I'll mention the data. Touch on the two two-year-old races. I assume people want to know the story there. Race one was fast, and the last three races were run pretty quickly. So... I'd say race seven, eight, and nine are good races with good horses that'll be relevant moving forward, and obviously the two rolls. So we'll just skip the rest, eh? Okay, so let's start with the two year old race five then. So the Chairman Stakes, which was a group three for two year olds. Loving Gabby, slow away out the back. Um, 
In terms of data overall, the benchmark, they've gone 5.4 lengths faster to the 600. So there's been a very strong tempo on. And yeah, Loving Gabby's just been able to storm home 6.6 lengths faster than the, club, than the uh, benchmark. I've thought um, Swan Island okay. Of the ones that's not obvious. Yeah. Loving Gabby won as well as obviously a horse win this this season as a two-year-old. Like, it was huge. It just was like... It was like it was on the airport. It's like on the airport, like, travelator thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when you're walking to your gate and the rest of you are walking on the on the tiles and this fucking thing was on the on the escalator. It was airborne. I was watching the TJ last night with Chautauqua and this thing did the same thing. Probably an easier run than Chautauqua, but that's, that's exactly what it reminded me of. And I went, to, I had to go re-look at the race. Yeah, and this thing was, I didn't love its parade. I think it'll improve stacks. That was its first ever race start, so... It's really exciting, I reckon. Uh, the rest of them, though, like apart from obviously you mentioned Swan Island, may, may be a bit of a, a follow forward. They probably all had their chance. Yeah, I think so. Makes I don't sense. think I don't think anything in that race can beat Loving Gabby if it's sweet. Perfect. Well, we'll move on to race seven, the thousand meters listed race, won by Bonds Away, uh, ridden by went around a dollar seventy five favorite. They have gone around. Uh, six, sorry, let me just have a look. Three, three and a half lengths faster than the uh, benchmark and absolutely stormed home. Bonds away 10 lengths faster to get the win. Was, was written by in the numbers? Um, I believe that it was not in the numbers. Let me just pull oh, that up I, though. Oh, yeah, second, second or th- no, fourth. You had a fourth for memory. Yeah. I don't reckon I, reckon I had a, I reckon I didn't have it and I just gave a comment on it because it's the yeah. seventy favourite. I'm pretty sure you did that because I took it on. But, but I've been deep diving into the reviews today, so I haven't. Um, I don't remember what I did. But uh, Linda Meach yep. is. It was a, not in your numbers. A, it was just a comment. Yeah, Linda Meach star written by could improve. It doesn't parade well. I, I think it's big edge when it was uh, younger horse was a, it was a well developed horse versus like horses that needed to develop. Now it's up against proper horses. It's sort of been exposed. It was belted. Down the straight, it it's lost here at dollar seventy. Yeah, I surprised how firm it was. Yeah, we Drew and I took it on. Um, I backed Belwazi. I hated the ride of Jamie Carr. I thought she lacked intent in the first like six hundred, and let Ashlaw get in front of her, who then slowed it down. Um, oh, I reckon encryption is worth following. Out of all these horses, I think encryption will will go the best. Over the next month or so. Hey, dude, I uh, I found him first up last prep encryption. Said he was the best best of the Sydney three year olds, like sprinting types. And then is that the horse that won down the straight when yes, when you were is. there, Peter? It is. Yeah, so I, I, hopefully it's aimed at a good race down the straight then, because it's got straight track form at Flemington. I think encryption's a horse to follow from the good sprint race on Saturday. I would be not surprised if we see it in a lightning stakes. That's where I would expect it to go. That's just a bit too hard, isn't it? Jesus. No, not at all. It's going to be a really average. Like, the weight that it's going to get will just be great. Like, it's going to be extremely well-weighted, I'd I'd, I'd recommend. It's no brazen bow, though. True. Race hat, tin hat parade, as good as I've ever seen at parade. Um, 
I still don't love the horse, but it has run big time here, hasn't it? So uh, ten lengths faster for six hundred. That is like group. You know, you don't you rarely get that in a group one going that fast. How do you know it's gone ten lengths faster, Drew? Because of puntingform.com.au data, Dicko. Ah, and it's, it's still that stuff, isn't it? Uh, well, the, the most amazing part is because you're looking for something to run on right past it because you've seen the sectionals it's been running, and then it's still managed to go four lengths faster than the benchmark. Like, it's just been an amazing run. I, its previous best was significantly below that. All right, points to strike can improve from a, from a parade point of view, but was suited, I thought, by the way the race was run. Um, how Vorsten could improve slightly, I think, if Andrew Malian got off. Um and Scottish Row could improve if if Tony McAvoy employed someone to do race tactics for him. Ooh. But he won't, so it won't. Well, I have to mention that race. The the bookies in the ring, one was betting eight dollars, the other was betting eighteen dollars for Scottish Rogue. Like there's some some pretty poor betting going on. Well, I, had it on also... top. I had a top from the yard, he might be a subscriber, Drew. Oh, okay. That, that makes a bit of sense. Well, I had to have a little bit of a go because I was getting similar on Betfair, so bet with cash sometimes. Oh, sometimes. <laughs> he, I'm happy to say this because Drew launched big units on Saturday, like heavy units, big betting, and I don't know where he spent it, but he didn't have much left on Saturday morning, but he won a shitload of money. Well done. Meow. Meow. <laughs> All right, race nine. This is another torture for me because I black booked this horse. Had to go on from Flemington. Didn't decide not to go with it. I was fearful of a few first uppers and Mr. Moneybags. If ridden well, probably won, but it was pretty plain. Mr. Moneybags. I think it might need a bit of a break, just a freshen. Our picky blindness was good, and I thought had to go on. Can win again. Did it early. Did it late on the sectional data. Five lengths. Uh, look, they, they went around five lengths faster. The first six hundred. Heptagons had to sit only do two point four, and it's come home eight faster. Final six hundred. Like really good times. Most important thing is that horse absolutely. When it was a critical thinking, they got scratched. As soon as that happened, Heptagon absolutely hemorrhaged. It was six dollars into about four dollars twenty on track. It was it a was, severe hemorrhage, wasn't it? Oh. I, I've quickly seen it on Betfair going in, and I've run up to a bookie and chucked a nice, sizable bet on, and got five fifty. Even deductions took it down to about five ten, I think. I think I think like horses like Rudiger top me up, like complete leg shavers. They're completely max, max gone. They're gone. They won't be winning. Vacillator. Um, uh, I don't know what we're doing with Vacillator. What are you going to do with Miss Rock? Oh, that's a horse that's just like a complete nonny. Uh, look, I, I said to, I think it was Josh on course, if Miss Rock wins, so be it. I'm just going to take it on. Like, it's the type of horse that I now just have to put in a book and say, if this wins, so be it. It was my stupid for betting in a race where Miss Brock's actually been able to win a race, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All like, right, well, that does us, I reckon, for um, Caulfield. Yeah, perfect. Let's move straight on to Sydney. So, Rob, interesting now at Rose Hill. Yeah, mate. Um, look, the, the track and the, the water, the track, we had a heat wave and it shouldn't have been as wet as it was. Um, I'm not sure what punnyform.com.au has a track rated, but uh, it's, it's, I'd say genuinely like on the soft, you know, dead to slow. Um, but in yeah, my, soft seven. Yeah. In my head, I had it. I had it. Yeah. Maybe a touch better than that. And, you know, the day was whether Elise handled that, you know, and in my brain, I was, I was just totally 
then the betting drift came on that horse and I was, and the fact that I'd backed trapeze artist first up last time when it did nothing. I thought, oh, anyway, the whole race is just, just, just did my head in a bit, but you know, I think we saw a pretty, pretty exciting special horse anyway, but we should probably start with the, do the two, two year olds. Um, maybe a point about, um, a couple of other races. Uh, we'll leave the staying race alone. Certainly. I think, I think that the, the last race is maybe worth talking about race nine. Um, and maybe race seven. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just start with race one. So McLaren's won the race and they haven't really gone around overly fast, just slightly below benchmark and only come home three and a half better. Uh, it did feel very uh, wet at that stage. I saw um, your horse spring loaded, probably fell in a hole once or twice in the straight, and that's probably costed the win. Look, um, you know, I, it, was, it was a really exciting start because I just I couldn't have exceed the stars. It just looked terrible, and that, that's your second favourite. And I don't think that'll, that'll, that'll win. You know, that could end up at, um, you know, Townsville or something, that horse. Um, McLaren was, you know, I, I want my... As my man David Brent says, uh, professionalism is, and that is what I want in a two-year-old. I don't want it two handlers <laughs> jig-jogging around, slathering up at the ass. I don't want any of that. It was just, and, and to make matters, you know, even worse, um, you know, it wasn't even that great a type. I was expecting to see a better-looking horse. Like, to me, Crown Affair is a nicer-looking horse. It's run five lengths last, which is a schnitzel out of uh, Galantess, who I'm sure, you know, ran in a Golden Rose and was a really good uh, filly. So, um, you know, we, we had three horses that are in second and third. Um, the other, David Payne, Deep Chill, who's run third, is right at its top. He looked like he'd be suited by a soft track, you know, lightly framed kind of thing, looked really fit. Um, Spring-loaded, you know, maybe a, a run or two away, but, you know, looked look good. Um but McLaren's done things wrong in the yard and on the track and, and has towed this lot up. So um, he's obviously a very good horse. But um, probably one, if he keeps parading like that, that I'll, I'll want to take on. Yeah, especially at $1.50, I imagine. Uh, uh, on a race two, 1,100 metres, a win stakes group three. Uh, the Blue Jackets have got the winner here, so they've gone around five lengths faster than Benchmark, so they've gone a pretty good clip for this two-year-old kind of races, and the winner has only had to go around actually Benchmark sitting back in the field and come home four lengths faster than Benchmark to score the win. Only just got there from Rotator and Blazing Miss, who was your pick of the yard, who... I want to say I was thinking it was home at the 200. And yeah, I thought it was home on the corner. Yeah, that's actually something we all need to talk about soon, sooner or later. <laughs> what, me going on early you've crow? Got, or? You've got serious, like... Wait, 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 wait. wait, I, wait might, I, might, I might mute you at the races one day, like, you, Mate, you crow. The movers bet, you turned your back on the movers bet at uh, yeah, cause the German, Because the German has... You've walked Fine. away. You've walked Fine. away. Fine. What, yeah, what, yeah. what, what Seal's done to me, who's now known as the oven? What oh, that that's German? not... Uh, no, because no, he cooks horses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I understand what you just thought, Rob. That's not what I'm trying to... God, talk about... No. <laughs> the oven has torched me repeatedly. He's a very hard man to catch, and I thought, here, he's fucked me again. as this... Slow horse, it kicked and pinched, pinched a big lead, Drew, right? I was weathered. I'm under pressure to land blows. Sorry, uh, sorry, Rob. No, that's good. Um, look, Immersement, um, 
if you go okay, back to me and what I did, or we talk anyway, immersement I had in the numbers. Um and yeah, immersement I had in the numbers, had a third pick, typical good off and not a good decent type. Just looked a bit soft as they often do on the first run, so obviously it can improve. Um rotate pretty good waller. Um but, yeah, look, I don't think it's an overly strong race. I think Blazing Miss might have missed a chance. I think – did you notice that she sort of went – if she just stayed, you know, she already had the run, then she ran out into the middle of the track, and then she ran back in. It was pretty pretty hard to watch Tommy Berry. And it turned out on the day that, you know, two or three off the fence is where you wanted to be. It was, it was you know, a bit, up, a bit up the inside, um, I, I thought, on the day. Um but yeah, look, I don't think it's an overly strong two-year-old race, and um, I'm, yeah, I'm looking for something else. On the two-year-olds you've seen, where are they? Well, we, we, catch me. I really, really, I found that um, I, I had it in the numbers at, when it ran in Sydney in the gym crack or the or the, the breeders, whatever it is. That's the um, one that pissed in in at yeah, Caulfield. Now, how'd that parade that day? It's a bit soft, but that's masculine type of two-year-old filly, you know, like Sunlight the year before. She, she struck me as... At a, Caulfield, as a she, she threw Kieran McElroy off three times <laughs> in the yard. Uh, she, she, was pretty, she was pretty professional in Sydney, um, but obviously oh, she's pretty... Oh, so if we had talked about it, I would have probably later. I just left her alone because she's a two-year-old, you know? And she's from Sydney and probably got better horses than Melbourne horses. And, her uh, win was, at Caulfield was enormous. Yeah, I know I, I backed it, I, and I knew you'd find the the other Snowden. Uh, he's a real smooth panther of a of a walker. Anaheed, is it? Yeah, yeah, Anaheed. It's yeah. the Blue Diamond horse to be backing at twenty sixes. You think? Just letting that out there. Oh, twenty six dollars. It's going to be there. It's already qualified, and if they go a little bit slower in the Blue Diamond, it's it's the one to beat. Especially if they get a soft track, which probably won't happen. But you know, but along. Long range map reading, Drew. Any chance of a wet track blue diamond? I was there, a wet track blue diamond in the Deem year. Uh, there's a little bit of rain around, but it doesn't look like it this far out from what I was looking at. I did already look for that. I'm a <laughs> little edge. There's an edge in the wetter. Um, massive edge. Yeah. Uh, let's probably move on to the race six to the expressway, the 1200 meters, the mm. painful one for you. Elise Dicko at the corner is saying, Actually, they're already home. Elise's home, and she yeah. was. Well, she's she's such a she's a big, powerful mare, and she's got the sweetest action that I've I've seen. That that's what made me love her a year ago. I just thought she's just a really sweet mover, and um, look, I ended up did backing her. It was a bit like first up, you know. I didn't I didn't tip units on her one because I'm too emotionally involved with the horses after you know last campaign, um, and and yeah, it just. Just, I, I backed her. She got out to like 350, 360, and Trapeze was, you know, backed into favourite. I think I put up a, a poll who would win, uh, you know, who would you be on? Most people said Elise, but in the end, you were getting a better odds about Elise than Trapeze Artist. Um, I put a poll on Twitter, you know, who would you like to be on if it's a 50 50 bet, Elise or, or Trapeze, Trapeze Artist over 1200? Most people said Elise. Um, but yeah, look, wherever she goes, she'll be winning. I'd love to, I'd love to see her at Flemington. Um, she's she's pretty much unbeat. I'd love to see her take her wings. I know she'd get beaten by two two lengths, but you know, uh, I think the mayor knows she's in the race. Um, I reckon Godolphin could actually do that. They like to do that with these sources, and they may they may try and you know take her on if they can. 
the pleasure of the sheep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, quickly on the data, which I think kind of explains what happened in the race, they've only gone around benchmark for 600. So Trapeze Artist is at its very best when there's a fast tempo and it was mm-hmm. not suited, but it was below best. I mean, it couldn't even get past Dothraki. So that no. says a lot about the horse. Uh, Elise's gone nearly 12 lengths faster than benchmark final 600, just stormed home and was not even touched. 22 12 final 400, hardly even touched. Like, just brilliant. 12, and that's 11. That's on a soft track, man. That's, exactly. Yeah, She's she's a race to race proposition there. She's already a bleeder. So I think every time she's she's going to go out, she's going to be in tip top nick. They're not going to take any um, risks with her. Um, but yeah, right now she's she's borderline unbeatable. You know, she doesn't have to sit so far back in a race too. Um, I, I'd like to see it, you know, up to sixteen hundred meters. She's 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 amazing. Um, Lara Lara Main um, came back well. Could have prepared a bit better. Um, you know, these are all quality. I think I said about Hartnell, just just a noble steed. Um, just just come back in fantastic order. Um, you know, can he keep holds he now eight or nine or something? But he, yes, yep, keep going. Well, again, why, why not? He's, he's still loving his racing. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's all we got to say about about that. Dothraki, you know, I often find him. He's got plenty of improvement to come. You know, he's a good honest sprinter. People seem to give him shit for some reason. He's a bit of a nonny. But um, you know. I think he's. Oh, he's, he's beaten. He's beaten home. Um, Slapis Artis. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Who will peak well, her up? Mine. It always does. Yeah. Well, it's a bit. It's a bit. It reminds you know. I think it's similar to. Uh, Petey loves his horse too. Ball the muscle about that good. You know. Yeah. Can can you know just about a Group One horse, but not quite. It's found out in Group Ones. Cool, and so last two races, you want to look at race eight and race nine? Were they the, no. the other uh, two? Ra- ra- race seven, I think people would be yep. more interested in. Seaway. Yeah, Seaway. We, we, had, we had a win on this race. Um, Fourth fastest last 600 of the meeting. Okay. Um, look really forward for a Waller horse, too forward. Um, Do you reckon, know, Rob, that the Ocean top. Parks, Peter, chime in too. Do you reckon the Ocean Parks often... Parade it like pretty uh, light, not light, but they're not like gross horses. Yeah, that makes sense. This is a light one, definitely. Uh, yeah, if you haven't even seen, yeah, this is a looks like Peter? a tracker. Well, he's uh, a mile, he was a mile of 2,000 meter horse from New Zealand, so I guess that probably makes sense. Thank you, Rob. Um, so, so yeah, look, I'm not sure how far we can go into a prep. We had Smart Edge in the numbers, it's run really well. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure where it can go. I think the other one people want to hear about is Girl Tuesday. In the text, I had it, like, fourth in the numbers. I said something like, you know, dripping sweat, but seems relaxed enough. You know, it's kind of a weird parade when you see a horse just... It did have two handlers on, but I wasn't noticing too much in its you know, walking pattern that I don't like to see, but it was drip, drip, drip. So, you know, $2.20, um, you can feel pretty good about... Uh, getting on Seaway at six, seven bucks to go out to. So, um, the times versus the day are poor too for Seaway. Uh, no, for Girl Tuesday, sorry. Seaway was impressive. Okay. Um, look, I, 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 I know her mum Tuesday's joy was a good girl, right? And I went and she was a big, heavy thing. She, this thing, Girl Tuesday, is a big, heavy thing. But uh, maybe, maybe you know, she's true to the rule, but you know, she might be better on, on a firm surface. Um, sweet deal has been my mind. Um, just, just you're probably over the top. Needs a break. 
Um, I think we had a place better in High Mist, who's, who's a really nice style of High Chaparral. Um, but Nonny, I, I think I even said that in the, in the text, even though I put it in my top, I said it was a place bet. But uh, you got too far back. Um, and then we'll move on to, I think, race nine. There's, there's a few um, kind of three year olds come back here. Um, Maximus looks looked really good. He was in the numbers. He's the only one, of the, I think I had him second or third, but he was the only one that actually ran well in my numbers. Um, I found PB stop you? Uh, just, just maybe heavy horse. Uh, I think I was, uh, Jorda, um, I found it. Uh, oh God. Horses. Yeah. I, I had way too much in this horse when I saw you had a unit on it or whatever. Uh, yeah. Look, um, just the fit as a fit as a fiddle. Um, couldn't get any better. So I think that's had enough. Um, performer, um, come back. Okay. Um, but I'm, I think these look like written by this, these three year olds are pretty damn, um, Oh, they're good. Um, so performer, the other one, Al Merton, who's gone back to Jean Dubois from Hayes. Um, barely looked a horse. I think they paid like four million bucks for him, or fourteen million or something as a side after he won a two-year-old race. And yeah, he's just barely a set there. Was made to look at. Um, we we had a decent go on Perret, got too far out of its grounds, come home well on the wrong part of the track. Um, but yeah, it's a, it a bit disappointing to end up with a small loss on the day. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, found, I found a few winners, and um, you know the two olds both ran really well, so I felt like I was seeing them pretty good. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's probably about it, mate. Perfect, Rob. Thank you very much. We'll move on to Petey over in the West. How you doing, Petey? Yeah, good, Drew. Good. Um, well, I think probably the races to focus on for Perth would be. Races 6, 7 and 8 clearly had the best punting form data, so I think we'll have a look at those. But I will touch on race 2 just briefly. If any of the punters out there want to have a good look at how anchor dropping can affect a race, well, this is a prime example because there was almost a fall in it. Um, so race 2, two-year-old race, Gunnadu is leading the field. And then from the 800 to the 600, the sectional was 11.32 seconds. The leaders then dropped 1.64 seconds. So they've gone 11.328 to 6. And then from the 600 to the 400, they've gone back to 12.96 seconds on punting form's time. So they've dropped 1.64 seconds. It almost caused a fall, funnily enough. Well, probably not funnily enough, but Craig Staples, the leader, anchor dropped into his wife, Lisa Staples, who was right behind him. So... (laughs) So what are you saying? It could have been a little bit like it was, might have been deliberate. Well, I'm I'm not I'm not sure we'll go that far. That was a joke. That was a joke. Anyone from Rarara is listening? It was a joke. Might have been on the couch though that evening, Dicko. So uh, look, um, it's just a. I, I think in that race, though, in all seriousness, Wicklow Princess was the horse that Lisa Staples was on, and it was a, a nice jump and run type in its trials that didn't get to the front in this race and was clearly the most disadvantaged. So that's the only horse I could have out of that race. They went really slow, Drew. Probably got the the punting form data in front of you, but the overall benchmark figures here are, are really poor for that race, even for a two-year-old race. So not, not Yeah, they've gone six lengths slow to the first 600 and then even like really slow last 600, five lengths slower. So they're just really poor. 
Yeah, and there's no surprise when they've gone slowly. They've then anchor dropped going slowly, and it's just disrupted the entire field. And being babies, obviously, a lot of them just would have gone, what the fuck is this, and just gone all over the shop and not really put in after that. So uh, outside of that, we'll jump through to what race six, and it was a good good collect for Mounting Yard male followers and even better collect for those who took anything of the trifecta of first four. I think sent out um, six numbers or six numbers and they ran first five so uh, $17,000 race six is the biggest uh, oh no it's not sorry 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 no that's coming up next in uh, in race seven but race six Abidus, um just a, a trainer on the rise in, in WA Steel Casey he's probably 21 22 years old he's got his horses working through a lot of heavy sand he did a, his apprenticeship and a lot of track work riding for the, the big stables over here and he's out in his own. He's got a few horses, tried horses, a bit like um, our, our boy Mitch Friedman, and, and is just doing the best with them. Obviously, the horses often start a little bit overs as well, which is always nice, but this horse is backing up PB after PB, so it's a, it's a handy horse going forwards. Um, don't know if you guys actually saw any of the last four races, but... No, I saw Snowlord win, and I was so happy when it won. Um... Then I had to, uh, tap out after that. Oh, yeah, so Mr. First Among Equals get nailed by the 100-something to one shot. Oh, that's right, because Snow Lord was in the car with you, Drew, and I said, how much yeah. went on? He said, leave it. So he dogged you, Pete. Yep. <laughs> Snow Lord got the job down. All right, so race seven, Mr. Motown was 8.7 less faster than what benchmark. That's the biggest figure of the day. Is that the best race of the day? Yeah, it, it has to be the best race of the day. Um, Lindsay Smith trained the Quinella, Mr. Motown, and first among equals. Before the race, he commented on that Mr. Motown would, it, this would either be its last race or, you know, might be able to have one more start afterwards. And then it came out and won at triple figures. So uh, it's, it's always good when trainers have that sort of confidence in their own horse. And. Um, <laughs> First among equals probably maintains its cat status. I think it's fair to say it really. It's is. a complete nonny. It hates lines. It's yeah. like the opposite of. I've just hit that button there that just alerts me to go back and edit that. So I'll just. Sorry, that's not that bad, <laughs> is it? Yeah, can't say it. It's alleged. She hasn't. It wasn't. They didn't say who was caught with it. Well, we're just going off. All right, fine. Uh, PD, so should we? Touch on Misty Metal as well. So what what happened with Misty Metal, Pete? Uh, so Misty Metal, th- th- there was no uh, word from the camp during the week that she was over the top, um, but clearly that's exactly what the, the punting form data is suggesting. Although she settled outside the lead a lot, she did last start. They've gone relatively the same speed early. Belt has set the same uh, <laughs> section of data early, and she just hasn't coped with it this start. But... She is a, a, a mare that has had seven runs this prep. She ran her PB last start, and Shooter McGrady made a really good point, the jockey, and just said she always feels like a horse that doesn't leave anything on the track. So What's his name? Sean McGrady, but uh, nickname is Shooter. Oh. Pistol and him get on really well for the obvious reasons. <laughs> I don't get that. Because of Pistol and Shooter. Oh. <laughs> Edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't edit it out. Leave it in because. Oh, and on to race eight, the last one, which was Let's Twist, which 
This you put up on the podcast as your best of the day, Petey, at, and it's jumped at 24s, and I've taken some sixes the place on a Betfair SP, which I locked in at the start of the day. Yeah, quite. How quite did it down? Crystal Valley's a horse that... We sent as a mover, not once, but I think twice, um, and it ran third both times since then. Isn't Crystal Valley the one that Troy Turner wrote? Yeah, and then his son, Jordan Turner, got on, who's spent a bit of time over in Melbourne, and Jordan's ridden at the last two starts, and it's won both times. But it's, oh, not, just, it's not just won this race. It's, it's personal best before this race with punting form was 0.0 lengths above benchmark, so it was his bang-on benchmark. And here it is running the fourth best of the day, 6.9 lengths above benchmark on the adjusted figures, it's improved its PB by seven lengths, and it's run down Let's Twist, who I've thrown out as the best of the day, had a huge bet on. And it's gone down in the last 50 metres to lose by a long neck. So, yeah, this, this, is, this is like repulsive data read. It's, it's, it's gone four lengths faster than 600, but come home three lengths fast. Like, it hasn't done that good time with a really good sort of early tempo and just outstayed them or something like that. Well, so it's, it's, it's savage to line too. It's the overall figure, and I guess Let's Twist was travelling, what, 3.4 lengths faster to the 600. So Crystal Valley was just sort of back there, second last, just smoking the pipe, running along, arguably quicker than what she has done in the past, but got a split through, relished the early speed, gone past a few others. and well, Yeah, it's visually impressive, you're right. So they haven't necessarily gone home that fast, but she's been able to maintain that speed. Oh, well, she, she's still gone home three lengths faster than Benchmark, which is almost as good as she's ever done, but she's done it off a really good early tempo. So it's quite a sickening... It's a 16... It's a 17 length almost improvement on the last start, which... Um, you know, until yeah, last week, would, would, yeah, I was going <laughs> to very uh, DK-ish. Mind you, sort of, uh, mind you, if you do nothing levels. in the previous start, if you go really soft previously, it's either going to go one of two ways. It's like beating up on Gold Coast by 150 points. You're either going to come out next week feeling fresh and go on with the job, or you're going to be so used to dealing with dead, you know, complete dead shits that you'll come out the next week and get pants by any other team with half of heartbeat. So. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's not like I'm definitely not questioning the integrity of uh, the trainer, Mister Webster. Like he obviously doesn't. The horse also drifted on the weekend from seven fifty out to about seventeen dollars, so nobody was on it, and that's uh, that's even more hilarious from our oh, point of view. God, yeah, that's fascinating that it drifted like that. Yeah. Because it looks, it looks like a bit dodgy when it's improved 17 lengths and it's gone real good early and come home real hard. That's that's real dodgy to me off such shit times previously. But then for it to go 7 to $17, $7 to $17 before the jump, that sort of rules out any uh, dodginess. Well, that's the thing because it's it was untested on a fast early speed. Before that day, so she's gone on the class benchmark 4.4 lengths faster than average to the 600. Before that, the fastest she's ever gone in a race to the 600 is 2.4 lengths slower. So that was actually six lengths faster than anything she's ever experienced. So look, from that point of view, obviously the market wanted to take a set against her, as did I for that reason. She hadn't been tested against a, a faster speed. And although she had a, a last start, decent sectional late, but you know, it was off a walk, 
Um, you can understand why she drifted in the market. Yeah, it's quite interesting. So through the week, like if you go look at um, Lamborghini who won at Caulfield, it was coming off at a disgustingly slow early tempo and a quite and quite a poor performance at, at Caulfield and it backed up a week later. And they've gone slightly quicker, and it's come home good and won. So it's yeah, you're always learning how to handle this data, I guess. But that's quite interesting. Petey, thanks very much for all of that, boys. It's been a pleasure. I hope everyone's enjoying the new uh, format. Please give us some comments on Twitter. Just add us at the mailbag, and just let us know what you think of what we've done tonight. Yeah, we really do want the feedback. So if you want to give proper feedback, not just like uh, public criticism. Um, Email Drew at the mailbag, drew at the mailbag.com.au.